Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. Teaching a series right now called When God's Ways Are Not Your Ways, I'm sure that it won't take you very long to figure out where that series came from. And sometimes in our lives we think, gosh, God, you and I are not thinking the same here. And it's true, God's ways are not always our ways, but God's ways are better and perfect and higher than our ways. We do see through a mirror dimly. And the more that we're reminded of that and the more that we can reinforce that in our hearts and in our minds, the greater peace that we'll have and the greater trust that we can have in Him. And last Sunday, I taught a message called When God's Ways Are an Inconvenience. And I just want to encourage you, you know, if you're someone who likes to build um, messages precept upon precept, you can get that message from our ministry. And um, I encourage you to do so. If you'd like the number... Um, several people have asked me for it. It is 822-5500. Very easy to remember. Today I'm going to teach a series or a little message, I guess I should say, along with that series called When God's Will Calls You Higher. God's ways aren't always our ways. And lots of times God's will will call us higher to a point where it calls us to stretch. It calls us to be different than the people around us. And we're supposed to be different. Many of you that know me know that one of my favorite scriptures is Romans 12.2 and it says to be different. It says don't conform to this world, but transform by the renewing of your mind that you may prove the will of God, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. And God's will is higher than our will. And we can be saved, so to speak. In other words, we know that Jesus is God's Son. We've asked Him to come into our hearts and we will go to heaven and yet fight God's will on this earth for our lives until we go to be with Him in eternity and be in misery. Because when you fight God's will and you assert your will constantly, you don't have peace. You might get your way, but you don't have peace. It's like the examples I've used so many times when Lacey and I are, are in a, um, a, a loud disagreement because we don't fight, right? You don't either with your spouse. And we're in a loud disagreement, and I can assert my way and get my way, and yet I still don't have peace. There's no peace in the home, even though I've asserted my way. And if you can just think of it a little bit that way with God, not only can you assert your way and get it, because see, God will let you have your way. That's why he gives us choices, because everything is a choice with God. Because that's love. Love is a choice. If God made us follow him, then it wouldn't be love. I remember Maddie asking one time, why doesn't God just make me do what he says? And then things would be so much easier. Well, because that wouldn't be love. That wouldn't be a choice. You wouldn't be his child. If he made you do what he said, you'd be a robot. So in this life, God's ways are higher than our ways. And as we 
come closer to Jesus and as we become more mature as Christians, He will call you higher because He wants something better. And you can choose God's ways which are higher and receive a blessing and have peace in your life and then grow to the next step as He changes us from glory to glory or you can forego that, assert your way, not have peace. And never know, most likely, what you missed out on. When I think of God's ways being higher than our ways, I think of Daniel. And I just want to give you that example. If you have your Bibles this morning, go ahead and open up to Daniel 1, because we're going to look at that in a minute. But the name Daniel means God is my judge. And that is so interesting, because Daniel's name is changed when he is taken captive by the Babylonians, the Chaldeans. He and some other young men, and and probably women, are taken captive, and he's about 17 years old, and he's taken captive from his native land, from all that he knew in growing up to be an Israelite, and he's taken to the land of the Chaldeans, and he is forced to conform to their ways, and yet he does not. And all throughout Daniel's life, he receives a blessing for not conforming. And you know, I've read the book of Daniel many times and looked at his life, and many of us grew up listening and learning um, stories in the Bible, one of which is Daniel in the lion's den, and we think, gosh, you know, Daniel didn't conform. But we don't realize the difficulties that Daniel went through. It's my personal opinion and the opinion of many scholars that Daniel was actually um, unicized, I guess. I'm trying to say it in a nice way. Um, When they took him and those boys, he was made a eunuch. I think that it would be very easy at that point to say, God, where are you? Why has this happened to me? And that's not taught very often, but I want you to understand what a challenge Daniel had in his life. As he was taken from all familiarity, humiliated most likely, and taken into the king's house and said, you conform to be like us. And I think many people at that point could have said, you know what, God, you've deserted me. I'm going to desert you. I'm going to just conform and be like them. What do I have to lose even? But Daniel didn't. And Daniel is a great example for us as someone that may have been in a position of not understanding what God was doing and yet refusing to compromise. And when I think of God's ways not being my way, I think of coming up higher. And what I want to talk to you about, about coming up higher in God, is not compromising. Daniel 1, verse 8 is a scripture that I would love to teach a seminar to young people about. It's just the most powerful sentence that if we could just get it in us, we would not compromise. And it's something you have to decide ahead of time. And it says in Daniel 1.8, Daniel resolved not to defile himself. In other words, how did Daniel not compromise? He didn't conform in that he didn't eat or drink the food that was offered to idols. That was part of how he grew up to honor God. Do not drink or eat of the food, the meat, 
that is offered to idols. And Daniel said, I would rather not eat meat and do what God has told me to do than to compromise. And he was at risk of death in doing this. That may sound silly to us at this time, but back then you didn't not do what the king asked you to do. So this is a huge big deal. And you may be saying to yourself, well, how can I or how can my children not compromise and come up higher in God? When we're in this situation, how can I do that? Well, you have to choose ahead of time, Daniel 1.8, not to defile yourself. Daniel chose not to defile himself. If you go go down to verse 15 and 17, God not only honored that, but he did something I think is very interesting. In verse 15, it talks about how Daniel and the young men who followed God's ways actually looked healthier than the other young men. And then verse 17 says, And to these four who decided not to go with the world's ways, decided not to defile themselves, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. You know what that makes me see? If I choose not to defile myself, if I choose not to go with the world's ways, but to go with God's ways, I see that there's a blessing in that. And it not only spoke of a blessing as far as knowledge, but also a blessing as far as spiritual gifts. And I just wonder, isn't God in the New Testament even giving us more than in the Old? I mean, this was an Old Testament, Old Covenant, that they were so blessed. How much more today would we, would our young people be blessed if we just choose not to defile ourselves? I see a spiritual gift given to Daniel. And I know that we have a God with so many gifts and so many things that he wants to offer us, but we as his children have to be positionally, emotionally, and enough mature-wise ready to receive those gifts. And I wonder in my own life how many things maybe I've missed out on just because I compromised. God does not want us to compromise. Part of coming up higher in God is not compromising. In Daniel verse 20, chapter 1, it says, In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, these are the young men and Daniel, he, the king, found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. In other words, those young men that chose not to compromise were actually ten times more wise, ten times more able than the wisest men of the time, not compromising. And then we see that Daniel not only chose not to defile himself, he also chose to do what God had asked him to do in honoring God with worshiping God at the time and And during that time where he was captured, Daniel had the habit of going to his window and worshiping God. 
And so many of you are familiar with the story, and I don't want to go back and give tons of details, but basically the wise men of the time set him up and said to the king, if Daniel should choose, or if anyone should choose to bow down to anyone besides you, throw them in the lion's den. And the king um, agreed upon this edict, and then, of course, it was a setup. The wise men at the time who were jealous of Daniel, who didn't like Daniel because he wouldn't conform, had him thrown into the lion's den because of the king's edict, the king's word. And yet we know the end of the story, and that was that God closed the mouth of the lions, and Daniel came out unharmed. But think of this young man. He's not wise and old. He's 17 years old. And he's been extremely challenged, most likely humiliated. And yet he had enough fortitude put into him that even when he was captured by a culture, he refused to conform. Why? See, I think that the key verse here is Daniel 1.9. He resolved. He decided, some versions of your Bible might say, not to defile himself. And we, if we want to be Christians that come up higher, we need to decide, resolve ahead of time, not to defile ourselves. And we don't have the situation where we shouldn't eat meat given to idols, but we have a situation where we should not ingest through our eyes, through our ears, those things which would defile us, those things that are against God. And it's not hard to figure out what they are. But the key to it is deciding ahead of time. It's a serious thing. And I think about how we might be actually foregoing a blessing from God simply because we conform to the world and we watch what the world watches and we listen to what the world listens to. We take it in. And you know, kids get those lectures all the time. Don't watch that. That's not good for you. But I'm convicted that I need that lecture because it creeps in little by little what we read, what we view, and even what we say. God says there's three gates to our hearts. Our eyes, our mouth, and our ears. Our gates to our hearts. And the book of Proverbs says to guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issue of life. You know, one of the ways that God's way and God's will may not be my will is that he calls me up higher and he calls me and you to not compromise. And yet, I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to me too. How many areas do I compromise? You know, we lift up Daniel as an example to our children or to um, whatever it might be, even to our own selves. But we have to realize that in order to receive the blessings that Daniel received, in order to come up higher and not compromise, we have to do what Daniel did, and that is to resolve to not defile ourselves. It's serious business. And I am... Fearful in a good way when I read Proverbs 4, verse 23. Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. 
because I realize that all that comes out of my life will come from what I put in my heart. That's what the Word is saying. That everything that comes out in my life will be from what I put in my heart. So I have to ask myself this morning, what do I put in my heart? See, it was obvious that Daniel had so much in his heart of God and God's Word and God's will and God's direction that even when he was captured as a young man by a culture, he stayed true to God. And I would say that we have a very similar situation today. We have been captured by a culture that is opposite to God's will. We live in a culture. We have been captured by it. I see no difference. We don't live in a culture that is in sync with God and His will. We literally have been captured. And it's going to take us as believers, as children of God, to stand up and say, I'm not going to conform. And although it sounds like I'm just the no-fun preacher, I'm talking about the stuff that we allow ourselves to see, that we allow ourselves to read, that we allow ourselves to say. I just wonder if people who, who met us and talked to us would know that we believed in Jesus, that we believed in God, or would they just, I don't know. We're supposed to stand out like light. We're supposed to be salt. And I just, I'm not lecturing you all. You all look so somber this morning, like you're in trouble. (laughs) I'm starting to look like my children. (laughs) And I don't mean it like that. I just want us to be challenged to what blessings Am I missing out on because I'm conforming? You know, what area am I having trouble in not doing because I haven't decided ahead of time I will not defile myself? Maybe you came here this morning and that's the first time you've ever heard Proverbs 4.23 and you didn't know that your heart actually would be outflowing to the issues of your life. But I want to challenge you in that because that is the truth, the movies, the TV, the stuff that we see. How can we possibly ask our children not to conform when we see a bunch of junk? It's so important that we stop and say, I will not defile myself. Because when we're in the situation, we're going to do it. I know Lacey and I, many Friday nights, we try to have a date night. I don't know about some of you that have young children, but it ends up not being every Friday. It ends up being every three or four weeks. And we're exhausted, and we open up the movie pages, and there's really nothing to see, but we're so brain dead that we think, you know, I'm just so tired, and he's so tired. We know we can't even hold a conversation between the two of us. So we end up going, even though it's probably not a good movie, and then I get convicted in the middle of the movie, and I insist on leaving. <laughs> you know, if I would just decide ahead of time, you know what, that's not a good rating. I'm not going to go. I don't care how good the cinematography is. How many excuses can we make for ourselves? It was on the bestseller list, so I'm going to read it. Really? You're going to defile yourself because it was on the bestseller list? Oh, well, it has excellent cinematography and it won many awards. Really? 
You're going to let your eyes see that and have it come into your heart? You know, it's just a lot easier to let it not ever come into your heart. And I don't mean to speak to you as children. I want us to all be challenged, me included. How can we hold up Daniel as an example to our children and say, See, he was captured by a culture and he didn't defile himself. When we ourselves are defiling ourselves, we're like lukewarm Christians. Well, of course I don't believe in the movie and of course I don't like the way they all did this or that or said that or used God's name in vain 47 times, but it won an award. You know, we need to be careful what we view. Another thing that I feel like Daniel did in not defiling himself and not compromising is he refused to deny God's word and part of God's word for him in his life was openly worshiping God. And we don't have that challenge today in our world, in our America or in America. We do in some parts of the world, but our world, we don't have anyone that that would throw us in the lion's den if we worshiped. But we have other ways where we're subtly pulled into the world's point of view. And one of the things that can be really confusing as um Christians, I think, is, is tithing. But um, this is my personal, personal opinion. I believe that tithing was a law on the Old Testament, and it is no longer a law in the New Testament. I don't believe that you have to give 10%. Lacey and I do. I don't believe that you have to. But I believe that in the Old Testament, with the little that they had of God, and that being a law in their heart to tithe. In the New Testament, how much more should we want to give that is already God? Everything that we have is from God. And yet I believe that part of the way that we're to come up higher is in our giving to God financially. And that's not a popular subject by any means. But Lacey and I believe that that is part of what God would want from us to say, you know what, this is yours anyway. And we tithe to where we're fed. That is what I believe that God wants from us. And then we give to the ministries that also we feel like will go and do things that we can't do. Maybe they're in Africa. Maybe they're in downtown San Antonio. Maybe they're giving out clothing. Whatever it is in our hearts. But we tithe every month. And it's such a joy because that's not our money. And so this isn't a lecture like you have to tithe, but part of the new freedom that we have in Jesus is freedom. And it's such a delightful thing to be able to give of what is already God's. And I can tell you story after story after story of us giving and almost to the amount of money, times a certain amount of money, us receiving back. I mean, God is so incredible like that. And I just have to say, I would be so devastated to have missed out on those blessings in my life. But God has called us not to compromise. And that is something that is important in our marriage, in our life, not to compromise giving of what is already God's. And so I'm not demanding a certain percent. I'm not trying to lecture you, but I'm about to tell you an embarrassing story and so I have to give that all as a preface to it. Second Corinthians 9-7 says, God loves a cheerful giver. 
And you all know that I run a ministry called Kathleen Witten Ministries. And it, it started, well, I've been teaching for about 15 years, but officially started with a board and with us being um, a nonprofit ministry last October. And with ministries, during the summer, um, giving almost always goes down. And I had not received a paycheck, and finally, after many, many months, I received my very first paycheck, which was back pay for so many months. But then summer, May through now, has been withheld. Why? Our board of directors voted that if some if giving goes down at any point in time, everyone would be paid but me. It would be taken out of my salary, which me being really spiritual, holy, and super um, unselfish said, oh, that sounds right. You know, absolutely, that's right, which I felt that way until it happened. <laughs> So here I've gotten this back paycheck, which I'm so excited to tithe. I've gotten a paycheck from September until, not now, but May. But then I also have this area where May through now, it may be a very reduced amount. Um, It may not. Our board is still deciding on it. But suffice to say, my flesh is not happy about this at all. And so I start to reason. And what I want you to see is that reasoning brings compromise. If we haven't already decided ahead of time what we're going to do, if I could say one thing this morning, I would say decide ahead of time what you're going to do to follow God. Decide ahead of time you're not going to see that movie. Decide ahead of time you're not going to defile yourself. Decide ahead of time that no matter how tired you are, you're not going to flop on the bed and watch that TV program. Decide ahead of time that if you're going to give a certain amount, you're going to give a certain amount. Because your feelings aren't always going to go with what's right. Your feelings are hardly ever going to go with God's will when God's calling you up higher. And as Christians, I feel like God's calling us up higher to give to Him of what is already His. It's part of saying, God, you're God. And it's part of saying, you're worth the investment. I don't think we're ever going to get to heaven and have God go, well, you just really invested in the kingdom a little too much. He's never going to say, you praised too much. He's never going to say, you expected of me too much. Part of immaturity as a Christian, is withholding from God. And I don't want to do that. I want to come up higher and I want to receive this blessing. And so here I'm reasoning, well, I shouldn't have to tithe because if I don't tithe, that would cover summer. And doesn't that make sense to you? It made sense to me for about three or four days. And I'm wrangling with myself, you know. And I'm not saying any of you have ever been in this position, but the main enemy of no compromise is reasoning. And the main enemy of the blessings in your life of coming up higher 
It's just reasoning in your mind why you shouldn't have to do what God said. If you will go back to the Garden of Eden, that is exactly what Eve did. She knew not to take of that forbidden fruit, but she reasoned in her mind. It seemed good. And that is the main reason that we fall short of of coming up higher. And I don't want to do that. I've done it so many years. I don't want to keep doing it. I want to do what God's called me to do no matter what. And I feel like you do too. And so I prayed and I finally did release what was already God's in my mind. I'm giving you my opinion of that. And I want to say too that it's so important in my mind that we understand that because only Christians will give to Christians. And we wonder why Christian missionaries and Christian ministries struggle. And so I did give of that money and it was interesting that when I called one place that I was giving it to, um, it was just that right on time. We just needed that amount right on time. And then another place, same thing. You know, I'm not here to lecture you, but I'm here to say that we need to come up higher. We need to be more like Daniel. And I don't want to miss out on the blessing that he gives. Many times when we talk about God's will not being our will, it does mean no compromise. And I just want you to think in your life, where am I compromising? Where am I compromising? Because God does direct us to do so many things that could bring such a blessing in our life, and yet He wants us not to be like the world and not compromise. And then we receive such a blessing in our lives. I want us to pray this morning. I know I'm ending miraculously a little bit early. But um, I want us to pray this morning and just have time for the Holy Spirit to speak to us because so often we're running and running and running and running that we don't even have time to hear our God. And before we even pray, I want to say that is where we compromise so often. And that is the worst thing we can do. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added. That's a promise from God who doesn't ever break his promises. Why wouldn't we do that? See, that is a huge compromise for a lot of us. Well, I'm busy, God, and I love you, but my compromise is I'm not going to spend time with you. We should be, in a sense, tithing our time. But doing it first. You know, the best part of the morning, the first fruits, let me give that to God. Whatever it is that works for you. But to me, that's a huge compromise when I'm never in the Word and I never have time to pray. How many areas do we compromise and how many blessings do we miss out on? And, and, but I think it's important for us to think about this. Do we want to be called apart and do we want to be different? I looked at what happened when Daniel did what God said and when he refused to defile himself and he didn't compromise and I saw that he was blessed in a worldly way and he was blessed in a spiritual way. And what I want to say to you is how much more would God under the new covenant bless us for not compromising? 
You know, sometimes it's just in the way that we deal with people. It's just a little bit easier to not say the whole truth. Just a little bit easier. It's a little bit easier to fight with our spouse now and apologize later. I mean, that's a compromise when God says, don't have strife in your house. I'm talking to myself. You know, we have to not compromise. What about forgiveness? We know God's word on forgiveness. Well, it's, it's just a compromise to forgive a couple of weeks later because I'm too mad. Sometimes we just enjoy being how we are. Even if it's a negative thing. I remember when Maddie fell down and she's a little girl and she got hurt and she was crying. But you can tell when your child's crying because they're hurt or they're just crying because they're just crying and they're enjoying crying. And I remember saying, Maddie, Maddie, you're not hurt. I don't think you're hurt. And she said, I'm not through hurting yet. (laughs) You know, sometimes our compromise is just, I'm not through hurting yet. And that's not coming up higher in God. Coming up higher is already deciding now, today, God, I will not compromise. When you say forgive, with every fiber of my being, I will go to you and I will try to forgive. It's growing up in God. It's not staying the same. You know, many of us would be, all of us, exceedingly disappointed if one of our children was age 18, about to go to college, and they still were in a high chair throwing their plate down on the floor and banging their fists on the table and saying, more, more. But that's the way that I think that I look to God so often. When I don't grow up, You know, it thrilled me one day when I was in the mall with Maddie and and I realized that I was going to buy some Cokes. And in Texas, Coke covers everything. If it's 7-Up, it's Coke. If it's Pepsi, it's Coke. And I didn't have enough money. And it thrilled me when my daughter said, oh, here, here, let me pay for it. Well, exactly that is God's heart. God, let me help. I want to help. This is yours anyway. I mean, how much would that hurt me if I said, I don't have enough money? And she goes, well, I have some money, but it's mine. I would think, what? You're 11. That's my money anyway. (laughs) Do you not think that's God's heart? See, when our kids are willing to open up uh, of what they own to share with their brothers and sisters, don't we want to give them more? We want to give them more. It was like when she said, oh, here, I'll cover that. And I know she doesn't have very much. And she works and saves. I wanted to give her a $20 bill. I mean, I wanted to give her more. Because I knew she could handle more. Because she would share more. Is that not the heart of God? And when she gives to her brother, oh my gosh. It thrills my heart. Not just on giving, when Maddie forgives, when our children mature. And I wonder if God in heaven is just saying, you know, I've got so many gifts to give you, but you're not willing to come up higher. You're still asserting your will above my will. My will is for you to know that everything that I have given you is from me, and you should have an open hand with it. My will is not for you to go through the Bible and try to figure out if you should tithe or not tithe. It should be having the heart of a cheerful giver. 
in knowing that I would be delighted to give you so much more. My will is for you to not defile yourself because I love you. Don't you wish you could take your child and, and, and put them in some kind of a time capsule and not let them be exposed to a culture that would defile them? And yet, are you defiling yourself? You know, how can we not compromise? It's what Daniel did. The answer is in Daniel 1.8, he resolved himself not to ahead of time. I believe with all of my heart that God truly does have blessings, futures, um, every way you can imagine, just like he did in this story. Daniel was continually rewarded with position and every kind of advancement that you can imagine. Why? Because he conformed to the world and pleased them? No, because he did not conform and he did not compromise. And part of the way that I'm finding in my life is wanting to mature as a believer in Jesus Christ is that my will does not match his will when he calls me up higher. It was not my will to tithe last week at all. But I'm glad I did. It was not my will to forgive a couple of years ago a situation. But I'm glad I did. You know, Let's pray and ask God to search us. It's not always our will to spend time with God, but Matthew 6.33 is true. And every time I have taken that to heart and said, yes, I will seek you first, God has always rewarded that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, first of all, we just want to come to you and say that we love you. And Father, I want to ask your forgiveness for closing myself to your will and asserting my will over yours. Father, I want you to please show me the areas in my life where I am not coming up higher and I am not maturing and I am conforming to the world and not to your will. Father, please show me those areas not only so that I can come up higher and do and be the child that would make you proud. I want to be the child that can make you proud. Not only do I want to be that, but Lord, I want you to be able to bless me more. I want you to be able to open up the heavens and pour out blessings that I could not even contain them, as the Bible says. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would um, forgive us and that you would teach us, Father, we wouldn't get so busy that we just um, hear this message and go away and forget it and never apply it, but that we would be honest with you and say, God, where is it in my life that I'm just not coming up higher? Father, we thank you for Daniel. We thank you for his example of no compromise. And we ask that you would send a spirit of Daniel, that no compromise spirit, not only into ourselves, but into our kids, our children. 
that they not conform to this world, but they be transformed by the renewing of their minds, that they may prove the will of God, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you've enjoyed Kathleen's message. To order a copy of this and other messages, please call us in San Antonio, Texas at 210-822-5500 or toll free outside the San Antonio area, 877-397-7773. That's 1-877-397-7773. Visit our website, KathleenWitten.org, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-W-H-I-T-T-E-N.org. Thank you.